confidant, my, ooh, this one's fun, my serial entrepreneur, my self-branded confidant. Welcome to another episode of Confidently Insecure, the podcast where we're absolutely sure we don't know everything. I am your host, Kelsey Dara, and I am so excited to introduce this week's guest. She is so fun. I know we're all going to get along. She's one of us. She is a serial entrepreneur and marketing guru whose mission is to inspire and empower entrepreneurship, (laughs) entrepreneurship, influence, and empower women in the business industry. She is the founder behind Ekis Marketing, which she founded at the young age of 22 years old, and the host of Under the Influence podcast. She has worked to grow brands' digital presence such as Marriott Hilton, Red Bull, like she is doing stacked marketing things. She also launched her own company, Get Super, which is an instant wellness beverage company aimed to help promote consumer health and overall well-being. One stick pack at a time. Wow. What a resume. Welcome to the (laughs) podcast. Our guest this week, Whitney Eckes. Nice to meet you. Okay. Kelsey, I need you to just narrate and introduce my life moving forward. That was a great intro. It's so funny. (laughs) Because people always say that. And I'm like, guys, I'm just talking about you. It's you. You you did it. I didn't do it. That's great. But with like the most, like the most enthusiasm out there. Like you are doing the most for we, all of us. First of all, yes, absolutely accurate. The most is my middle name. And I want people to wake the fuck up. Like we usually release these Monday mornings. So people are a little sleepy, a little tired. And I'm like, bitch, yes. it's Monday. We're talking to women entrepreneurs. Like, let's. Let's get up. Let's be excited Let's about this. Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh my God. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to chat with you. A million percent. Thank you back. Um, I want to start. You're kind of like the marketing queen guru of um, our time. And you have done a lot. And you did it. You started at such a young age. And I want to know what got you into marketing. Because like I mentioned kind of off camera, Our audience is a lot, well, first of all, women, shout out, hello, um, who are in an industry where either self-marketing or self-branding or they're startup queens or entrepreneurs, like this is such a big arm to being successful in our day and age. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, what got you interested in this? And at such a young age to start a marketing agency is like insane. So tell me like what, what brought you into the field and and why did you stay? (laughs) You know, I wish I could say it was like this, like beautiful, like investigative, like I knew what I wanted to do at a young age. It was totally not that it was a lot of like falling on my face and like figuring it out. But I, I will say this, I started in college working for Red Bull and Red Bull gave me wings. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it really, it really like set, it gave me a taste of like Mm. this polarizing freedom of being able to just create shit and like Mm -hmm. have the platform and have the budget and the people and the wow factor to like make it happen. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget. I remember sitting down with our brand manager because we were, excuse me, our, I forget our actual, my God, I'm forgetting her title. Forgive me. (laughs) But anyway, we sat down as brand, (laughs) important person as brand managers. And we were all working on college campuses and we all Mm -hmm. had to make certain amount of activations and like certain amount of like athlete sponsorships and like different drops or different programming that they were doing. And they would like ask us on like a monthly basis, like, 
what is the most creative thing we could do right now? Like, what is the most, like, what is the coolest event you think you could ever throw? Mm. Or like, what would you do if you had an unlimited budget, you know, to wow. make this thing happen? And they gave us this like almost out of the box, there, there is no ceiling kind of mentality. Mm. And it like set me on fire because it was so cool. And I kind of grew up around extreme sports. Mm. And so I was like, this is like everything for me. Now that got me really early on that Facebook was already a thing. Mm -hmm. Instagram had just kind of conceptualized and people were starting to build followings, which was like, you know, the OG photographers mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. these OG like bloggers that were like very hipster and very, very cool. <laughs> and like, you know, just kind of like turning the world on its head. So I was like on the cusp of that. And then Red Bull's like mm. post everything to your social post mm. everything talk about Red Bull, do this, bring these athletes on your campus, like bring them to college parties, like whatever the <laughs> fuck you want, like do it. And so I, I was in this like cusp of like really understanding social media right at an early phase where yeah. all of a sudden brands started catching on. And then from that point, I went to, um, moved back home after school, went to a hospitality group, started working more in the corporate space and hospitality, Marriott Hilton. I got a ton of experience there. And I was like, telling Marriott and Hilton, like why they should be on like Instagram. And they're like, you're psychotic. And then I was like, oh, by the way, we're going to bring in bloggers and you have to comp their rooms in their space. And I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> so, um, I got a lot of experience there. And then basically really what it came down to is I just kind of got, I didn't like the corporate hospitality world. Mm -hmm. Um, or at least like the, you know, kind of what I was doing for this hospitality group. I really enjoyed the hospitality group. I enjoyed mm -hmm. the people in there. Um, but it was like, kind of felt like a boys club. It kind of felt like mm -hmm. I was kind of like this social like media workhorse. And mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? Like I could do, like, I want to do this for brands. Like I want to do this for like sexy brands, like brands <laughs> that excite me. Yeah. And again, I was 22. I was like super naive and like had no idea what I was doing. So I was like, I'm going to go do my own thing. Like it, it was, it was that. And it was like, I want to make money. And like, I don't want to be doing this. Cause like, I think I could do this for other brands. And mm -hmm. graciously enough, the hospitality actually, brought over five additional clients that were like my first five clients. And then mm. from there, I just kind of scaled. I mean, it started mm. with freelancing, social media management. And now, right now we offer such core services from everything that touches the span of the social space. So we offer influencer relations. We offer branding and product uh, packaging design. We offer events, experiential events, um, 360 degree campaigns for marketing strategy launches. Like we touch everything now and it's, been such a blessing because I don't think I'd be able to have so much experience if I wasn't so like naive and just like jumped into it. But that's, that's the story. Wow. I mean, first of all, to come up in the wild, wild west of like social media marketing and digital yeah. marketing, it must have been so fun because I also grew up in that time. I was definitely more on like the self-promotion, you know, YouTube and uh, trying to get my oh. own comedy out there. That was the heyday. I wish, I wish I would have spent time on YouTube. It uh. is so, uh, I still feel like it's like, I still feel like it's untapped. Like I still feel like yeah. YouTube hasn't had its full moment yet. No. And I'm like, when is this going to happen? Cause this it, is like, an insane hasn't changed. It's still I just know. a place to watch videos. Like sure yeah. people shop and they a little bit and they do lives and stuff, but really it's yeah. like people are going there for the same thing and they know they can get mm -hmm. it for free generally. 
It's insane. Dude, the, and especially, like, the Gen Zers right now, like, everyone that's, like, into the vlogging moments, mm-hmm. like, I'll never forget, we were doing, like, an influencer thing for one of our for one of our brands and one of the girls brought us this girl and I'm not kidding she was vlogging like in her dorm room with like a selfie stick and this thing had like insane views and I'm like what is the point and they're like I don't know people just like to watch her like I just people like behind the scenes it, it definitely leads into my next question which was like I have been stressed out, you know, <laughs> watching the climate shift. There's constantly new platforms to keep up yeah. with, new strategies. Like, you know, when I was at BuzzFeed, it was like, here's your vertical, crush that. And it was like, okay, I learned how to do mm-hmm. Facebook, so I did Facebook. I'm done with Facebook. Okay, I learned how to do Instagram. I learned how to... And now it's like you have to have – you got to be like an octopus. You have to have your tentacles in every single thing and also have a niche but also be – visible and like how do you personally keep up with what's hot is it just my guilt is like i'm just always watching content and it's <laughs> normally tiktok right now because that's where yeah. i'm my most favorite places same but like same. how how do you convince you know not only yourself but also brands to be like this is what you should be doing and here's why you should do it even though it's probably going to change by next week <laughs> honestly Whatever feels most true to the brand in whatever the goal is, right? Mm. So like, I mean, in marketing, I think that's the biggest that's the biggest mix, misconception is that marketing is not just converting or bringing enough awareness and traction to convert into sales. It can also be an awareness play. It can also be a reputation play. It also can be an expert in education play. So like for me, it's not just get on every platform and run in. Here's a you know um, cookie cutter strategy. It's more or less of like what are you looking to do and like what mm. is the end goal. And I think too that's what makes my agency so different. Is like we're not performance marketing. Like we've mm. never run like I mean we dabble in like Facebook and Instagram ads for like an awareness strategy paid mm. campaign, but like that's it. Like we do not tell our clients that we can scale them on paid ads for Instagram and Facebook. Like that's not us. We have referrals, we have vendors, but like, we're so much more about the organic approach and building an audience and building a platform, but also too about meeting your goal and like your Mm. goal is going to be custom. So like, if you came Mm. to me and you're like, I want 10 K and to be verified, I'll be like, great. This is not (laughs) my, this is not something I'm going to take on because I know the length and also the durability. Mm. And I just don't feel like that's a realistic goal nowadays. Mm. And same thing with clients are like, I want to go viral. I'm like, also not a marketing (laughs) strategy, but like, so I think when I, when I look at all these new platforms, you have to get really clear about what you want. And Mm. I have this, um, they're actually, I'm actually a fractional CMO with this company. It's called Mela. It's a watermelon water absolutely fabulous they are just breaking ground like no one else and i love it because it totally brings me back to my red bull days being back in like a beverage company but or like an actual like canned ready to drink beverage company because get super is also beverage but they um he came to me and he's like i have this idea he's like and it's really unconventional and i want your opinion on it i was like okay he goes i don't want to have a normal instagram feed and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. And he's like, I want to have this evergreen feed that feels like a like website layout, but like we are completely active on videos and reels and it's all mm. in real time content mm. and it's been doing insane. And I love it because he really wanted to take 
the conventional, I have to be posting every single day and content mm-hmm. is king and I have to be here, 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 here and flipped it on its head. It was like, we don't have to follow the rules. Like people are going to come to us and like they can, you know, see us real time on stories and follow us on TikTok and see us on reels. But like our IG feed is like what you need to know. Like we are not yeah. showing up every day to please you. Like we are here for like basically for our own sanity and for like our own reasons and this whole approach, but also showcasing like the Mel community through like user generated stuff and reposting. And it's gone amazing. And it was such a new strategy for me that I was like, I've actually considered it like for other clients and stuff, but like Mm. it, I love stuff like that because his goal was like, yes, I want to be present and yes, I want to build a following, but like, I also don't need to be pouring like tons and tons and tons of budget into trying to like create all this content. So I think again, like we think about social, like there's, there's all these ways that we can approach it, but it has to make sense to what your goal is. And I Mm. think that's the, again, the biggest misconception, but also something too, like, for example, like if you're a creator, like Mm. the biggest thing they tell creators is showing up every single day and multiple Mm. times a day Mm. for brands. If yes, if there's a purpose, if there's Mm -hmm. a mission, like if there's enough, if there's enough value that's going to turn over into doing that, maybe, but Mm -hmm. honestly too, brands, I feel like people like following a brand because number one, they think it's funny or there's some sort of humor relation to it. Number two, there's education or value in a community that's like really Mm -hmm. engaging with it or it's like they kind of have this now we're seeing like this kind of like polarizing like i don't give a fuck attitude and people Mm -hmm. enjoy that because it's so authentic (laughs) to any other brand that we've ever grown up with Mm -hmm. so there's all these factors but long story short yeah like people love watching burger king like beef with other like just (laughs) like with duolingo became like the star of tiktok like it's so bizarre to me and they'll just like brands will just talk to me like a regular person in my comments like i remember i just posted video about um our 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 foster dog that we ended up adopting and on the adoption announcement ritual the the no alcohol brand was like yes we've been following from the beginning we knew this was gonna happen and i was like Hi, my favorite non-alcohol <laughs> brand. Like, I forget that you're people too consuming content, but when you put it behind like the name of a brand you mm-hmm. love and you see them, like another random one is the Detroit Lions on TikTok are everywhere. Mm-hmm. They will get to comment before I get to comment about videos that have nothing to do with football. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I see what we're doing. We're like personifying brands, which, you know, maybe that's the trend right now. Maybe that's what's hot. But um, mm-hmm. I I really like seeing it. You're right. Like it does bring me as a consumer a lot of joy to see a brand a that's participating in the zeitgeist because it makes you feel cool. But also yeah. that and this might be controversial. I love a political stance. I love yeah. to see it. And I would yeah. curious. That was one of my questions. Is like that's a tricky. That's a tricky subject. But I'd it like is. to know what you think. Yeah. So here's the thing. If you don't have a stance, don't take a stand. Mm. Like if you do not have a stand, if you do not have, you know, your mission is guided toward that, you are led toward that, whatever political view it is, don't take a stand. Mm. Like it's not, I'm not going to say it's not worth it. I'm going to say that it's going to set you up to be in a position where you have to expand further 
and offer your audience some sort of clarity on why you're taking that position. Mm. So I'm not going to say that it's not something I, yeah, it's not going to, I'm not going to say it's something that like I agree with or I disagree with. Mm -hmm. I think it's different for every brand, but if you don't have a stance on it, don't take a stand. Now on the other side of that, if you, you know, for example, there was, um, there's this, um, incredible, there's two things. One, there was this awesome podcast. Uh, I frick, I'm so sorry. I'm totally forgetting no, who this I'm, girl's name was. Name blanking is like my number yes, one. Yes, but she. <laughs> um, I listened to. I listened to the um, Exactly Right Network all the time. I'm a true crime fan. I was listening to My Favorite Murder, and um, Georgia and Karen basically did this voiceover talking about you know Roe versus Wade. Mm -hmm. And this one girl had put it together and had reached out to all these different podcasts to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was so beautifully done and so mm -hmm. well done. And it was done at the top of each episode mm -hmm. that it really, it hit home for me. And again, that's something where I haven't really talked about it publicly yet because I'm still in the phase of really processing what this means. Yeah. Um, and not in the sense of like, I completely disagree with it, but like, but like more in a sense of like, how do I do, how do I want to talk to my audience about it? Yeah. Thousand percent. However, there's also like, um, there was also this other one where it was Bobby. It was a, uh, baby formula company mm -hmm. and her whole mission was to help mothers and mm -hmm. to help just people with breastfeeding or moving into mm. formula. And when we went through the formula crisis in the United States, she had done all this work to talk about it and to educate the public right. about it. So I think that again, if we're talking about, you have this, you have this position, you have this mission, it's okay to get political, mm. but be ready to back it up. Be ready to answer those questions. Be ready to talk to your community and your audience about it because that's what's going to come next. And I think also too, in 2020, we saw a lot of that. We saw a lot of brands mm -hmm. mimicking black, you know, what they should say for Black Lives Matter mm -hmm. or for all the things that, you know, were going on politically in our country. And then it came on them and it people was almost like canceled. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was like cancel culture, right? Yeah. Because then people were like, wait a minute, you don't have a backing. Right. There's nothing, right. To, there's nothing to stand this up. Mm -hmm. So... I think that we could go, I mean, there's, I mean, I'm sure people have their thoughts about what I'm saying too, but I think that that's, no, I think that's the way I approach it with my brands. Yeah, because you, you also teeter an interesting line of like something I kind of go through too as well, where it's like, I have my front facing personality. Like we kind of did it backwards, I guess. Like mm -hmm. you had your corporate and then you got into like the public facing persona. I very much had public facing persona. And now, you know, as I get older and I'm doing bigger work, like I'm, have two documentaries right now and like I'm realizing oh. like I can see already and I feel like I'm going to manifest this by accident so I, I almost don't even want to vocalize it but I'm going to fucking say it because I don't care is like <laughs> this documentary that I'm executive producing on which I like started and created and, and filmed most of it is a really heavy mental health social justice topic mm. and I also talk about my pussy on the internet like I have no problem being like <laughs> I had a UTI or like, here's my ass on Instagram. Look yeah. how great I look. Like I'm very confident. And the people we're dealing with on the opposition of the subject matter are very conservative, very, yep. you know, government. I don't even know what that means. Yep. Government. And I can already <laughs> see it of like them trying to somehow invalidate the documentary or the project because of mm -hmm. who I am public facing. 
And yeah. I also believe women can be a slut and want to change the world and be impactful. And like, to me, it's just I such archaic yes. thinking. Like, it, it's so insane to me yeah. that anyone could ever try and weaponize my public facing persona stuff in any facet against like the impact I'm trying to have in the world. But there's also something to like what you say with cancel, cancel culture, where it's like sometimes we also make a decision on someone and they live mm-hmm. with that reputation for the rest of their lives versus, you know, you <laughs> might forget, you might forgive someone in your personal life who, you know, it, it's the stakes aren't that high. So yeah. it, have you seen where, you know, I think what you're saying is like spot on where it's like, don't take a stance unless you have some shit to back it up because that's how I feel. And I'm like, anyone can come yeah. at me and I will back the fuck up. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, do, does everyone have to have a seat at the table and a voice, but also by not having a voice or a seat at the table can also be very telling and saying something. I, and I think that's exactly the fine line, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, do you speak to this? Mm-hmm. Do you, do you find yourself at, you know, a seat at the table and have a conversation? And again, I think you know, we, I also too, like, I always think about influencers with this question because I think brands, it's a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think brands unfortunately kind of have a little bit more luxury mm-hmm. to kind of hide behind certain Definitely. things or not yeah. take a seat at the table because it's mm-hmm. almost like a collective mm-hmm. and maybe they do share that responsibility, but sometimes I feel like that with influencers, I am always so curious, especially because influencers are so personal Mm-hmm. And it is such a reflection of their life to mm-hmm. to the masses mm-hmm. that when influencers don't talk about things politically, you wonder. Mm-hmm. And it opens up a lot of room for questioning. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, number one, that's got to be insanely hard. Like, I can't <laughs> imagine, like, you know, these influencers with, like, millions of followers yeah. that where it's like, they're like, you guys, I want to talk about makeup. Like, yeah. leave me out of the political conversation. Right. But I'm also like, but do you have a responsibility? Right. So I think that that's also something too, where it's like, if I'm going to be completely honest with you, I don't really know. I think that, I think again, if your mission, if you're, if you're feeling led to say something and to do something about it, I think you should. Mm -hmm. I think that if you're unsure of where you stand, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you should share that with the masses because I mean, it's, you know, looking at this from a completely neutral standpoint, it's going to kind of fuck you and fuck everyone mm-hmm. else if you're not sure and you like, you can't back it up with what you believe. Yeah. I just like, I was saying <laughs> that I imagined like some poor, like 21 year old, like social media <laughs> intern who has to like deal with the DMS of some massive company. That's like, you guys, I know I wasn't even invited to this meeting, but I really, we have a problem. We like a lot of people would like to know our response to why we are talking about, you know, the disabled community would we literally haven't hired anybody disabled and they're just like shut up we're a laundry company like we don't talk about you know like it's it's so convoluted and that is right. so true you yeah. know that's exactly what's happening it is this poor girl that was like just trying to get her summer internship done and just got fucked like, and now she's gonna quit and like join like you know the united nations program or like you know do a summer abroad and it's just it's just, overwhelming it's like fuck she just this. has like work trauma just yeah. so much work trauma truly like i'm not joking when i say people oh. that worked at buzzfeed in the social department probably had the most <laughs> Stressful. They were putting out fires oh. every day. And this was before BuzzFeed News because once BuzzFeed News 
jumped off. It was like, oh, that's the New York department. Not our job. Not our circus. Not our monkeys. Oh, that's oh my y'all. God. But like there, there's also a voice they established with being like cheeky, being millennial Gen Z. Like they made their mm-hmm. voice very clear that they could, you know, talk this way or speak this way or not talk about this certain thing or, yeah. you know, I thought they did a really good job of that. And I, I, mm-hmm. I like to think I've found a good balance where no one's going to be surprised what my, my stance is on most subject matter, Yeah, but there's certainly a, a like tingling I get that you probably feel the same way where I can look at mm-hmm. some creators where I'll be like, well, if you haven't talked about it, you're a Republican. <laughs> and that's yeah. my... That's my negative and, projection. And that's no, and I mean like and that's like that's kind of the way it is, right? Like we kind of see like the weather is getting warmer, so it is time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now that I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortless, effortless, less, yeah effortlessly chic year after year like uh, premium european linen dresses blouses and shorts from 30 doll hairs washable silk tops timeless 14 karat gold jewelry and so much more the best part all quince items are priced 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands i can confirm this i'm actually wearing quince pants <gasps> right now you are they are so they're they're loose they're breezy these babies have a button a fly drawstring and elastic in the band so i can like i can dress them up i can dress them down yes they are they're the perfect pant for summer and i'm really comfortable as hell in them honestly i am wearing the quince 14 karat gold earring loop right now i know i think it's so cute it does not tarnish it is so comfy and i have sensitive ears so i'm really loving this for my body so get warm weather ready with quince go to quince.com slash kelsey for free shipping on your order in 365 day returns that's q u i n c e dot com slash kelsey to get free shipping and 365 day returns Quince.com slash Kelsey. Are you looking to cut back on alcohol this year? (laughs) You are talking to two sober sallies. You know Zach and I love to drink recess zero-proof craft mocktails because it's a guilt-free way to unwind. It has 0% alcohol made with real fruit, only 25 calories or less, and it is sweetened with agave because y'all know I got that sugar addiction. It has incredible flavors. One of my favorites is the grapefruit Paloma. The Paloma is actually one of the last drinks I was drinking when I was drinking alcohol. So this is like a nice little nostalgia moment and it still feels really fun in my hand. And there's no reason we should be missing out on the partying either. It's such a good replacement for alcohol, a great drink for having in between alcoholic drinks, unwinding at home, at dinner parties, chilling on the couch. It is endless. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash Kelsey. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences you almost kind of like feel for them in a sense where you're like, Oh shit. Like there's no way to hide Mm-mm. this kind of silence or, you know, processing or whatever it is. Um, one person that I think has taken a stance on it. And I think it's really respectable mm-hmm. is I actually think that Lauren Everett's Bostic, she came right out and was like, I will not be t- po- talking about politics mm-hmm. period on here. Mm-hmm. Like you can assume what you want, you can think I'm Republican, conservative, Democrat, liberal, whatever you want. She's like, 
but I refuse to have this conversation with any of you. And like, here's why. And she's like, and this is my personal life. And this is what I get to keep private. Mm. So I think like, if you are an influencer that has that certain take, I think you can also, at least I found it respectable. Cause I'm like, yeah. okay, cool. I'm not going to look to her for any of these things. <laughs> right. Like, and we're going to leave her alone. Right. Like put her in that box. That's cool. Like, let's mm-hmm. not like, you know, whatever. But I also think too, and it is hard being in that, being in that space where it's like, you are looked at and you mm-hmm. are, you are analyzed so deeply mm-hmm. that you, that it does show, like it does come through. I also think that too, like sometimes like, you know, I'm working with these amazing brands. Mm-hmm. I need to make sure that I'm representing them in the best light. <clears throat> I all also am very front facing forward for my brands mm-hmm. and my personal brand and my show and things like that. And it's also sometimes where I feel like those conversations are even hard for me to have my audience Mm. because I do feel watched by the corporate side. Mm -hmm. And then I also feel watched by my audience. And I'm like, how do I honor myself and be authentic Mm. with who I really am, but also to make sure that I'm not pissing off these brands or they want to work with me because I'm representing the best light. Basically, I had to learn like, the brands that want to work with me want to fucking work with me. Like <laughs> at the end of the day, like I had to kind of put that mentality aside too. Cause I was like, I can't worry about what they think of me. Like mm. it's not, they're not paying me to be Whitney Eckes on their IG feed. They're paying mm. Eckes marketing to represent them in the best light. Mm. And mm. that is polarizing. But unfortunately, especially in like today's world, like I have to take that stance. Mm-hmm. You bring up such a good point too of like, there's certainly been times where I've said no to ads where I look at their company and it's just like white thin bodies and I'm like, Hey, and I give like a really nice mm-hmm. thoughtful response back. Like maybe consider like da 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 da. And then they just never talk to me ever again. And I'm like, okay, well there goes like, they're Thank a you. brand. You know what I mean? Like they are, yeah. a brand. they don't have to, they're like, let's find the next white girl that will, you know what I mean? Um, and I thought there was something interesting. I want to present to you like a, a situation I saw that I wanted to get like your professional take on it with, yeah. um, one of my favorites, uh, right now is drew of, and I always fuck up her last name. It's, I always say drew a fuelo, but it's drew a flu. Cause that's how you pronounce it on TikTok. Yeah. She's the, the woman that just completely eviscerates men who try to like fat shame or slut shame women on TikTok. Wait. And she's got the crazy laugh and like the big nails. You you for sure have seen her videos. Okay, why am I not thinking of her? Wait, I feel like I Wait, need look to, like, her, her. Yeah, up real just quick. Google, yeah, can I look her up real quick? Yes, of course. Okay. Cuz you'll know exactly once you see her face. And if you have it, I just introduced you to your new favorite TikTok account. Oh my god, I found her. Yes. No, I have not seen her. <gasps> Swear this on my life. My, this is my Christmas gift to you. It's the <laughs> Wait, new. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Got to up. watch her stuff. She. I can already see this. Just yes. this motion. I love it. And she's got these nails, and she just reads them to fucking oh. filth. And she has become like the girl's girl. You know what I mean? Like yes. we have become really powerful and strong and like use her language like to to stand mm-hmm. up for themselves against men or like you know someone will reply with like i i said what you said to this guy who is being like mm-hmm. disgusting on a date or whatever anyway yeah. girls girl everyone loves her she did a brand deal with Shein, which okay. we all know Shein has got faced a lot of backlash for yep. being kind of like a sweatshop factory being really yes. um 
uh, eco-unfriendly, whatever <laughs> word I'm trying to look for. Um, and I thought she did a decent job of handling the backlash because she responded kind mm. of like in her call-out manner of still being like, it's very bold of y'all to assume that everyone can afford sustainable fashion. Like, n- sustainable brands wow. are expensive. And yeah. big girls often don't get you know, luxury Mm -hmm. items. And if I want to look cute, then like, that's what I'm doing. And Mm -hmm. so she kind of was fighting one privileged position with, um, like an oppressed, um, um, problem that we had. And I was like, wow, even I, cause the first time I saw it, I was like, "Uh Oh, she did. She in. And then I was like, Oh (laughs) yeah. Like she made such a good point to say, like, there's a reason why I did this. And it's something that me as a creator in the business for 12 years, I would have freaked and like ran at the thought of partnering with Shein, but she brought up a really good point. And I was curious, like what your take on like a situation like that would be, you know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's number one, the best PR crisis response to probably (laughs) handle it that way. Like, that's just me. Like immediately that's where my brain goes. It's like, wow, that's like either she's, she's naturally really good at PR crisis moments or, or someone was guiding her. Yeah. I would be shocked if she has PR because she's been like this from day one. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, that's also so fair. Like Mm. that is a thousand percent. I mean, you know, I was just talking to a family member of mine and she's a couple of years younger than me and me and her were talking about, you know, just like fashion and shopping. We were mm-hmm. going on this trip and she's like, yeah, she's like, she's like, I hate to do it, but I just did a big Shein haul. And she's like, mm-hmm. it's because it's what I can afford. And she's mm-hmm. like, and I want to go on this trip and I want to look cute. She's like, but mm-hmm. I can't afford to buy three new outfits right. at this amount of cost or whatever. And I was right. like, yeah. And I mean, honestly, too, like, no, I mean, Shein, yes, it's problematic. I think a lot of, you know, Zaffle's problematic, too. But mm. even some stuff on Amazon, oh, you know, yeah. like there's <laughs> there's there's a lot of things that are problematic. And I don't think that necessarily we should like um, I don't think necessarily like we should like condone it. But I think that we should also be realistic in the fact mm. of like this is actually what's going to probably happen until we can find a better solution to put a pause yeah. to it. And yeah. I think maybe calling out the problematic parts of it are mm-hmm. great and doing something about it. That's proactive is great. I think again, for her, she's probably looking at this as like a creator and she's like, I also have to make income. Mm-hmm. And so like for you guys to talk about this, like here's also why this partnership makes sense for me mm-hmm. is because number one, it's feeding my mouth. Number two, it is something where I do, you know, resonate with this type of audience. They're mm-hmm. also buying Shein. It's going to be a mutually exclusive, you know, relationship. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think she went about the best way possible. I yeah. mean, I think too, anytime you're dealing with, um, you know, you're dealing with a brand that's going through a crisis or a certain mm-hmm. response, I think it's, especially as a creator, something that you absolutely need to call out and talk about. And then I also think as a brand, like, again, there's so many ways that you can spin this, but even as a brand, I think that it's more important. Like immediately my brain goes to like, well, what is she in saying about it? Because like, I'm, I'm <laughs> more concerned right? now about, she- yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and like, you know, I think like even, 
I don't know if you've kind of been, I've just kind of started following this whole thing with Celsius and about everything <gasps> that's going oh on. Oh my God. Tell me. I love Celsius. Oh no. Tell me, tell me. Drop the tea. I don't, I just found out about it because actually we were doing some TikTok mining for Mela and I was looking at Celsius because like, right. I, like I think they've done a really great yeah. job, especially in their growth and They're their progression. Yeah. And there were just all these TikToks about how Celsius basically isn't as healthy as everyone says. And like, it's like really bad. I, just, I forget what's, I forget what it was. I'm not going to quote it directly because I don't sure. want to, I don't want to miss. Yeah. We're miss, literally marketing. <laughs> we're literally doing the opposite of what we're talking about. I but, know. Yeah. But, but I think again, when we think about brands, when you think about a brand having a crisis moment you have to talk to your audience and there's not like a specific timeline of when to do it because I also don't think immediately saying something right out of the gate mm-hmm. is always the best response. Ever, ever. But I do think like calling it out and being like, hey, here's what happened or here's the miscommunication or here's what the actual real education is. Mm-hmm. And changing that factor. And I'm trying to think of an example of a brand that did it, but because there's so many that have done that. But anyway. Yeah. No, so, I mean, I, I, I think like a, a weird one to comp this to as a creator would be Logan Paul because like he was pretty uh-huh. much banished off the face of the world when he you know, <laughs> did his little Suicide Forest vlog back in whatever year that was. And now yeah. he's back in a Mm -hmm. different vertical with a completely different audience. You know, he went from like Viner comedy millennial guy to he almost hit like a younger demo with his vlogs and his like maverick lifestyle and then got canceled and came back as like an MMA fucking wrestler. That like I I've tried to have my team explain to me any for, form of like interest in Logan Paul. I have zero idea. I still don't get it. I have no conception <laughs> of this human being and what exactly is going on. I know like his one of his like girlfriends or ex-girlfriends like kept coming up on my TikTok and I like sent it to one of my girls. Her name is Mallory. I'm like, Mallory, what the fuck is this? I was like, why do I keep getting anything? And she's like, because we were just talking about him. Like, okay. Yeah, because they're fucking listening. I mean, they are. <laughs> I mean, I know for sure the first ad I'm going to get and I'm going to screenshot it and text it to you is I'm going to get a Celsius ad. Celsius, okay. Celsius, Celsius. It hurt. It hurt me. So do you know that it used to be like a legitimate thing? They were okay. agencies Still. that used to. Okay. So... It's basically, it used to be called, before all those privacy things and before everything, anything that you opted into with brands could give certain permissions or rights. I don't know the back end of it. All I know is that there are there used to be, this was back when I was at the hospitality group, legitimate agencies that would do voice marketing. What is voice, voice marketing? marketing? So asking Siri, having the permissions to ask Siri. Um, I don't know if it ever went into the context of like your phone actually like listening, like turning on and absorbing, but I know it had to do with your searchability and what you were saying and the ways like you were saying it into the phone. So whatever things that you were saying into your phone or like, Hey, Google, look up this, like things like that. But it was legitimately a thing. I don't know if it's still a thing. I have honestly, I mean, I feel like marketing, but that, that documentary, what was it? The social dilemma came out and people were like, this is crazy and fucked up. Anyways, I'm going to go back to watching my show on Netflix. (laughs) And like, I listened to all these, like, you know, next wave of advice for, you know, content, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure your your, your page looks a lot like mine. 
And the next big wave that people are talking about is like in Web3 developing is Mm -hmm. your personal data being the most expensive next thing. And I feel like we've all been so lax and loose. And I even have joked about it before being like, I have nothing to hide. I don't care if they're listening. I know. Break (laughs) into my ring camera for all I give a fuck. But now I'm like, wait. What does that mean for like marketing moving forward where people are going to, they're going to have to pay, are they going to have to pay individuals for their, for their data? Like how are we just going to keep signing up for emails that are being sold forever and ever? Like, is there going to be a shift? I mean, yes, I think there has to be. I think that, did you hear about like the whole iOS update with Facebook and like everyone that was like scaling their businesses through Facebook and Instagrams basically got fucked? Oh, shit. So, so basically, Facebook and Instagram ads, there was... I'm not going to do this justice. Again, I'm not in performance <laughs> marketing, so everyone listening so we that forgive knows you ads, everything. Yeah. please, yes, just write me <laughs> off as not the expert on this one. But basically, long story short, what had happened was this update came through. It basically limited permissions on how you can target people, how you can serve ads to people, and then privacy rights and things of that nature. And when they did that it limited brands abilities to scale and reach the masses the way that they always had been through Mm -hmm. the ads algorithm or through targeting or through all the different strategies that they have on the back end and i think when we saw that change it it really opened up everyone's eyes to the fact that number one social media platforms have so much control Mm -hmm. over us Like, mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting, like, listening to everything, like, um, with, that was going down with Facebook and how they were like, should Facebook be government, you know, managed or monitored? And it's really interesting that, you know, it's become such a big private business mm-hmm. that has so much control, so mm-hmm. much control over us that it almost feels like it should be government monitored, but then also like no one, everyone's like, no, we don't want that. And it's like, I get that too, but like, this is, this is something in history that we've had no idea or conception of. And now we're like basing it and we're like, what the fuck do we actually do? Like, what is the best way to do this or monitor this? Because now we have, you know, freedom of speech coming into play. I mean, look what Elon Elon Musk did with Twitter, right? (laughs) Like, and and then you also have all these other platforms like that are like popping up, like these, Mm -hmm. like, I think it's like parlor or whatever, where Mm -hmm. it's like just these crazy conspiracy like Mm -hmm. things. And it's like, well, maybe those should be monitored. Like, Mm -hmm. what are we doing? I mean, I even sat down with my dad and my stepmom and I was like, we have to talk about what you guys see on Facebook because <laughs> yeah. whether or not, mm-hmm. like whatever you see politically party wise or information wise, or even mm-hmm. if it's just some like dumb factoid about losing weight, like you guys don't understand that people can put anything on the internet. And just because it has all these people does not mean that it's has this 1% truth to it. And I think- Whew. When we talk about like, yeah, is our personal data going to become monetized? And like, yes, it is going to, because look at where we're at. That's the only core thing that we have on the internet that's almost like protectable and like almost like truth. Like that Mm -hmm. is like, that is like the one thing. 
It so makes I, you think, I completely like, agree with you. We need we at some point we are going to make ourselves run into the the fact that the power grid is going the universal power grid yes. is going to just have to reset <laughs> us because we have no uh-huh. fucking plans on resetting it ourselves. So like uh-huh. whatever nuclear bomb that's going to come for that, like I welcome you and. I I'm gonna be fine in the woods alone. Um, I just Did you ever watch you were... that? Sorry, go ahead. No, you go, you go. Did you ever watch the the Netflix like spoof? Don't look up. Oh yeah, of course. Sometimes I'm like, this is what I like. I feel like t- this is what I'm living in. Like sometimes I feel I'm like gave us like... the movie of what I is know. happening, and we're all like, what a great film. Anyway, back to another yes. show. <laughs> like they like they could not put it more plainly in front of us. No, and literally me and my boy, my boyfriend's like, that was literally the most depressing thing I've ever watched. I'm like, but this is it. Like, this yeah. is, this is, this is happening. Like, I mean, the, the goal and I think the hope is that the generations to come are, you know, I yeah. don't want to be like, like us, like toot toot. But like, clearly, <laughs> like we have a conscience. We have different value mm-hmm. systems. I think the generation even below us is getting so fucking sick and tired. I actually, before yeah. I forget, I thought of an idea. You can have this for free. I think you need to make this because <laughs> that me. was brilliant. What you should make like TikTok series of how to talk to your parents about their Facebook feeds and you're <laughs> just giving straight up facts of being like, here's a fact about Facebook that your parents are being delivered this, this, is it. Like arm us with quotes that we can go to our oh. parents and have a calm, factual, scientifically backed discussion about right. how their own feeds could be skewing their opinions because that shit baby would go as we used to say at the buzzfeed mega vi that would go <laughs> mega mega vi vi i i see it right now for you um i i'll give you royalty royalty okay. fees on all, on all the I'll, money i'll I watch some that. drafts i'll watch i'll give you notes like it'll be great i'll, I'll do edit we got a whole system we're scamming we're marketing right now as we're <laughs> We're doing it. We can't help ourselves. We're entrepreneurs. We're social media mavens. What do you guys want from us? Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I love okay. it. Wait, before I let you go, I obviously need to hear about Get Super because, hello, that is your yes. business, your new business. I have some Get Super in my, my cabinet downstairs. Tell mm. us what is it and how the hell did you make a fucking business when you already have a business and you're also involved in like four <sighs> other businesses? <laughs> Yeah, I I have a first and foremost. What I drugs are you on? Yeah, <laughs> can I have some? So just a lot of THC. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, I okay. First and foremost, like I have to just say, like I do all of this with teams mm. and like with people like that are in my corner and that mm. for some reason believe in me. And I'm so grateful for all of them because that's like the number one question I get is like, how do you do all this? And like, I've even had pushback with like brands and stuff like that being like, well, we it just seems like you're like in a lot of different like pots. And I'm like, mm-hmm. honestly, it's my superpower. And here's why it's because I have some of the best people behind mm-hmm. me and the most supportive people in my corner. And I couldn't mm-hmm. do any of that without them. So before we start, that's, that is yes. that. Um, second. <clears throat> okay. So Take you back to 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, I, please don't. I don't want to go. I know, I know. Of course. No one does. I know. But something but, beautiful came from it, obviously. God, 2020 is one of those things where it's like, it was fucking awful. Like, yeah. there was just, it was all around no one's favorite. One star, not great. <laughs> and 
But man, it has led to so many mm-hmm. freaking things that like, it was like this terrible blessing in disguise. And mm. I'm like, honestly grateful for it. So anyway, 2020, I lost about 75% of my marketing business. We were Ugh. mainly hospitality. I was in wow. San Diego. Oh, I was th- yeah, three years old, like kind of starting to progress with uh, CPG or product-based brands or e-commerce brands, but like not a lot because like we had a lot of business coming in for hospitality and it's like you know, if I was trying to niche down, why would I, Mm -hmm. why would I switch up verticals so hard and fast anyway? So when that happened, I basically had a lot of self-exploration. I did a lot of therapy. I did a lot of self-work. Well, I was diagnosed with severe anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. And after I was kind of diagnosed, started realizing that this was something that was rampant throughout my family. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, trigger warning, just real quick. Um, there's a lot of, there was history of suicide. Mm. There was history of addiction. There was history mm. of what I call like undiagnosed mental health issues. Yep. Um, and a lot of my family, it wasn't really talked about. Yeah. And I don't think it was because my family is closed minded. In fact, mm. I think my family is incredibly open-minded obviously i'm biased but like i think that they're <laughs> they've been so receptive to my journey and it's actually opened them up to like like now my grandpa like takes weed or takes weed <laughs> smokes, like eats you know eats gummies he doesn't smoke but That's like you incredible. know and stuff like that and they're yeah. these you know blue collar boys that like yeah. you wouldn't think are like this so they've been really receptive to my journey Aww, but anyway amazing so as I'm walking through this, I'm doing sales and I find this product called Get Super and it's hemp infused instant coffee. Well, one of the things is I was working through when I when I got diagnosed, I chose to walk it holistically. Mm-hmm. I had a mental mindset coach that kind of doubled as a business coach and I had my therapist and I was like, someone close to me had struggled with addiction, especially like antidepressants. And I was like, I don't want to walk down that road. I really want to do this in my body mm-hmm. and really feeling like how this is going to feel. So they're like, okay, you have to change everything, sleep patterns, lifestyle patterns, but you need to get to the bottom of like what these triggers are for panic attacks. Mm. Caffeine was the biggest one. Mm. Um, and as an entrepreneur, I was drinking like three cups of coffee a day. Of course. And like, yep. and I've been drinking coffee since I was like eight with my dad. My dad was Jesus. a single parent. Oh, I know. God. Poor guy. He had no idea. Like I grew up on like Mac and cheese and McDonald's and like, yeah. I'm still thriving somehow. <laughs> <laughs> you push through, you, you push know, through. You, but you couldn't break tell you what cycle. my, or, yeah, what my organs look like right now, yeah. but you know, it's we're cool. not looking, we ignore <laughs> that. Yeah. But, um, so yeah. So like, I was like, no way, whatever. Long story short, it was caffeine. And so I approached this guy and I'm like, Hey, I want to try your product, fell in love with this product. And then I was like, I want to do your marketing. Like, let's fucking do this. This is an amazing idea. And he's like, Nope. He's like, I want to sell it. I was like, cool. I'll acquire it. I don't have like anything going on. This thing is like saving my life because I don't have to give up coffee. It's not giving me panic attacks. So I took it super. We spent about a year and a half reformulating, rebranding, and then relaunching. So what we actually did is we added, we basically just adjusted the hemp infusion and the coffee formula. But let me tell you about what it does. So basically what it is, is that caffeine and coffee actually has a lot of benefits to it. There's a lot of talk about caffeine being bad for you, and it's not necessarily true. It's that a lot of our bodies react to caffeine mm-hmm. in a really negative way. Mm-hmm. Like we get the caffeine high, we get the caffeine crash, we get jitters, we, we get feel the shits, like some yep. of us. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> 
So, you know, it's hard on your, it can hurt your stomach because mm-hmm. the acidity. So what, what gets super does is that hemp CBD actually slows the release of caffeine mm. so that you're able to get a lot more of the benefit of coffee, mm. the antioxidants, the caffeine, all that kind of fun stuff without feeling like you're going to die. And it also mm-hmm. is a little bit better on your system. So it sounds mm-hmm. like kind of like this oxymoron, like you're adding mm-hmm. like caffeine with, you know, CBD, which is, you know, considered what people would say, like maybe like a downer or calms you down. Right. In reality, it really kind of harmonizes the entire process and allows your allows you to better, I guess, absorb the caffeine and absorb the product easier. So Mm. that's one of the things that we've noticed. Some of the benefits, I mean, I drink at least like every day, (laughs) get super as my second cup of coffee, if not my first. I love it. I can drink it in the afternoon and still be able to sleep at night. It helps with headaches, it helps with cramps, it helps with hangovers, fatigue. Honestly, if I'm having like a super anxious day and I, I want something comforting, I reach for it. So it's it's not only been able to give me something that I didn't want to give up, which was mm-hmm. my daily morning cup of coffee, because especially after being diagnosed, you feel like the world's out to get you and you hate mm-hmm. your life and it just mm-hmm. sucks. And then someone's like, you can't have coffee. And you're like, literally, <laughs> fuck, fuck <what>? everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but also too, it's been something where I just feel like there's such a longevity for the company mm-hmm. and there's a lot of things that, that we're actually in works of formulating too for other products. So that was something where we didn't want to just be this hemp CBD company. We really wanted to lean into being an instant wellness beverage company where mm-hmm. we take products and we formulate things that just make people feel better, feel super mm-hmm. in a sense. So mm-hmm. like the next couple of products we're working on. I can't say, but ah, they're. I, was be- think, I know. Oh, I, know. <laughs> I can't say because we're still so we're still ways sure, out. But yeah. but it's something too, you know. Like we're we're looking into different things, like you know, vitamins, electrolytes, adaptogens. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we're looking at things that actually just make people feel better. And I think the coolest thing about us is that we want to be this instant. You know, we're we're yay big, we're tiny, yeah. Yeah. but we want to be able to be on the go and be able to show up for people in a really convenient way. So, yeah. Wow. That's exciting and very like on the forefront of where wellness is going and in a believable way because you can tell it's like such a passion project that is yeah. at like the company's center core that I think yeah. that's why it's got to be so successful because it's it's personal experience and I was gonna say what's next but we kind of know to watch out for it and uh I want to know where can our confidants get get super and where can they be excited to hear more announcements on it yeah absolutely so right now we're only on our website um actually I can tell you we will be launching on Amazon probably within the next two months so you guys will be able to find us on Amazon which is so exciting big huge um and then for right now you just find us at getsuper.com g-e-t-s-u-p-r.com we're fancy we we lost the e in super just to be different yeah (laughs) (laughs) I don't Um, need it's fine but yeah, but also too, let's, we'll give a discount code for 15% off. We'll do, we'll do confidant. Yes. That would be amazing. Oh my God. Okay. That's definitely going to be linked below. And as Hell I yeah. said, I have the product. It is delightful and delicious. And because it is travel friendly, I keep them everywhere. I put them in my car. I have one in my purse. 
They're um, great for the plane. I go yeah. to Mexico all the time, and I don't like Mexico or I don't like coffee in Mexico. It's great if you travel. There you go. And what about with branding and marketing? If someone's listening to this one, like this girl knows her shit. I want to talk to her more. <laughs> Where can people find out more and listen to you? Yeah, you guys can just find me at ecusmarketing.com. Um, it's just my last name, marketing. I did not choose the name. That's how I invoiced out to all my clients, and it stuck. So there it is. We love it. I'm <laughs> not love the most clever. <laughs> I mean, just prepare for people to say your last name incorrectly as someone whose oh. company is also Kelsey Dara Inc. It's like, why did I do that? I should have. I'm open. Yeah. I have a best friend named Scout, and she, oh. she has. Scout she, agency. Yes. That's Scout awesome agency. how we got connected. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Scout does all my PR, my age. She's basically like my best friend slash kind of publicist kind of, I'm like, can you do all these things? She's like, you don't pay me not to do this. I'm like, it's cool, <laughs> but <laughs> I'll pay you and get super. But, yeah, there you um, go. <laughs> But I was like, you suck because you have the coolest name that anything yeah. you put your name associated yeah. with business with just works. It's going to work. So She's, she cool. came on the podcast, and we—I also have her yes. book and uh, the emotional entrepreneur. Oh, not so good. A plug. <laughs> I know. Um, I'll plug her all day. She's great. Yeah, Winnie. This has been so fun. Thank you so much for talking to me, Confidants. Definitely find those links below, and we will see you next week. Thanks, Winnie.